Good Sunday morning, everybody. What a pleasure it is to be in your company and in the company of the Money Guys, Ray and Peter Lance of USA Wealth Group. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Peter. Good morning. Dad, I see that you're wearing your new superhero protector leather costume today. I am. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, that sounds no, I'm good. Not. I think you should come out with little toy characters of the protectors. We're working um, on figurines. Bubble, bubbleheads, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a bubblehead of me and a bubblehead of Peter. And second prize will be you'll get a bubblehead. <laughs> well, with that in mind, uh, Phil, we're, we're very blessed this morning to have a special guest who comes with us from time to time. Absolutely. And uh, that's my dear wife, Tenny, mm-hmm. who's also known as Attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning. Good morning, Tenny. Always a pleasure to see you. We're going to talk about uh, parents this morning. And mm. specifically, we're going to talk about something called caring for parents or otherwise known as the parent trap. That's clever. <laughs> because, well, it's based on a recent Wall Street Journal article also, and I thought it's really an interesting topic. When you think about it, when we're young, we're being taken care of by our parents, mm-hmm. and then when we become older, like your age and my age, we end up often taking care of our own parents as they get elderly. Right. And there are many, many financial issues involved in that, and there are emotional issues, and it can break a family. It can make a family. We've mm-hmm. seen families uh, literally file complaints against each other because one sibling didn't trust another sibling. And unfortunately, often those arguments end up being about the money because that's what people tend to fight about. Right. The uh, parent care is one issue, but people tend to fight about the money. But we have a lot of things to talk about this morning, and it's a very extensive topic. In fact, I've made a list of, I think, about 16 different pieces of this that we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. this morning. So without further ado, let's talk about some famous Greek philosophers. Ah. You remember that? This is called the Philip Trap. Yes. (laughs) So here's, here's an interesting quotation from one of our ancient Grecian philosophers, also known as a Greek philosopher. Worthless people live only to eat and drink. People of worth eat and drink only to live. Hmm, that sounds like Socrates. Has to be. Socrates. Eat, yeah. drink, and be merry. Well, he didn't quite say that, No, did he? he didn't. That was a Roman. <laughs> <laughs> that was a... Yes. It's, remember, it's to the Greeks and not to the Romans that we owe what is original and, and interesting. Oh, my dad. And the Romans sort would of have copied loved you. Oh. the Greeks. That's true. It's a famous, famous line from Masonic ritual. But I would be remiss if I didn't. Did you want to say something fresh? Not fresh at all. Did uh, did you ever talk about the trip we took to Greece and the f- people up in the Peloponnese that uh, came to greet us? Wow. When did you tell that story? Was I that when we were trying to, to take a picture? That. Well, Ray and I were traveling in northwestern Greece, mm-hmm. and um, we happened to go into a little shop, and the man made and sold rugs, beautiful rugs, and when we went in, he asked us where we were from, and we said we were from America. And he said, oh, <laughs> Americans, the Truman Doctrine, we love you. Yes, they were terrific. Mom, you're not helping with this whole Greek thing. I thought you were going to say something about how he always has to do a, a Greek philosopher quote, and you're not here to hear it live every week. 
but uh, the Truman Doctrine. Oh my oh, God! The Greek people are wonderful. Oh, thank you. Well, that is a great story. It is a good story, and we're we also, still planning our trip, right? Oh, I'd love that. I would absolutely love that. Oh yes, we are talking, uh, Tenny. By the way, about uh, organizing a trip, uh, hopefully in the year 2014, to go visit Greece um, with Phil and Celeste and with whatever numbers of people might want to come along. I think that would be a lot of fun to organize. It really would. So maybe a few months from now, we'll get serious and start to organize that. Yeah, yeah. So I have one more quotation for you. You don't have to guess this one because this is directly from uh, Ben Franklin. You may delay, but time will not. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Ben Franklin, by the way, uh, had the first newspaper practically in the colonies. He was a very creative man. And so I think he created this content because he had to say something in his paper every day. So he, thousands and thousands of interesting quotations. So you may delay, but time will not. I love it. And that's somewhat related to our topic today, actually, mm-hmm. which is called the parent trap. So the concept today is that we all end up, many of us, taking care of our parents. My mother lived in Hyannis in a small house, for example, for a number of years. And then she decided and we decided that it made more sense to have her come live with us in Dartmouth. And she sold her small house and came to live with us. We had a little tiny guest cottage out in the back at the time. It used to be a chicken coop. <laughs> and it had been uh, renovated into a little one-bedroom apartment before we bought the house. We always told her she lived in a chicken coop. But she was with us for 16 years, and as long as she was physically able, she went on vacations with us, and she helped watch the children and watch the kids when they were younger. How wonderful. Uh, remember, mm-hmm. Peter, every single morning she'd be out there waving goodbye to you when you were leaving? Every single morning, no matter what time, she either had a uh, sixth sense or she just waited and waited because she cared so much to wave goodbye and good morning to... Uh, to all of us as we were leaving to go about our day. And it was a wonderful thing to have her with us. It wasn't a burden, um, but it cost us money at the same time because she had a very small social security check and that was her entire income. And so obviously I wasn't gonna charge rent to my own mother. She lived there without paying rent and she just used her money for foods and whatever she else, whatever else she wanted to spend. And um, not everybody's in a position to be able to have a parent living with them. But for us, it was a blessing. It was also a great help to her. And had we been able to rent that small cottage, we could have had rental income coming in. But it was far more valuable to have her there. Right. And what happens as we get older, almost every one of us listening to this show, you're either going to be a parent, if you are a parent, you're going to be needing some care yourself and maybe your children will be able to take care of you and maybe they won't mm-hmm. and there are a lot of financial issues involved as well as the personal and emotional issues and everything from taxes and tax breaks that you're entitled to if you're caring for an elderly parent um, you need to make decisions about which child or which children are providing the care If you have multiple children, sometimes maybe one child will take care of the bookkeeping and the finances, and somebody else will help take the child to the doctor. And we see many, many situations. Um, Tenny actually had a meeting uh, about a week ago with somebody, and there was a meeting with one daughter. And then, without getting into a lot of detail, let's describe Tenny a little bit about 
what it might have meant for this family uh, because the children didn't get along. Oh, very difficult situations that we see. In this, <clears throat> excuse me, particular situation, the um, actual successor trustee and agent under a durable power of attorney and so forth was this sister's husband. The mother had named him, and so we were actually meeting with him and the the uh, his wife, the, the child, was sitting in on the meeting. And we came to some resolutions of what might be done to help the mother who was ill, um, not only to potentially um, help take care of her in a nursing home, but also um, to save on estate taxes that might be due from her estate. So we, we went away from that meeting with certain conclusions of things that we should do, and that was Friday. By Monday, I had gotten a call saying that the uh, other siblings had called the police and had charged child abuse, I mean, elder abuse, excuse me, um, and the whole thing is just quite a mess. How it's sad. It's so sad how families get into these situations. So not every family is a happy family situation, and the the point of this little story that Tenny just told, and she was telling me about it, is that it's really very important for an older person to plan as early as possible how they want their affairs handled, who they want to handle their assets if they become incapacitated. And if they don't do those things, then there can be problems. Mm-hmm. So let's jump right into the problem. The problem is a personal one. Think of a person who's in their 50s or 60s, for example, who has a parent who's older, maybe in their late 70s or their 80s or even 90, mm-hmm. and maybe this person, the child, is still working. Number one, it takes a lot of time because they have their own lives to take care of. They may have their own children that they're taking care of. And now all of a sudden they have to carve out more time in their busy schedule to take care of parents. So it's called the parent trap. And sometimes uh, people that are your age and maybe my age or a little younger are called the sandwich generation because you're still taking care of your own children mm, or I grandchildren, yep. and yet you've got parents who are older mm-hmm. that you also have to spend some time helping to take care of. So the number one rule for anybody listening is, regardless of your age, make sure you plan as early as possible to have certain kinds of documents. And Tenny, what are some of the kinds of documents that people ought to have to plan for their own care? Well, as we've said many times before, there are a series of documents that we believe everyone should have in place. They include a will, a durable power of attorney for property, and health care documents, including a health care proxy, a HIPAA form for medical record release, and perhaps a living will, if that is your wish. Um, these documents will help uh, the family stay out of what is called living probate, the kind of process that's required if you are unable as a parent to take care of your body or your property. Other people can do so with these documents in place and save on the need to go through a wretched probate court process. You know, there's some interesting figures and statistics, and I'll mention this very quickly. It's estimated that in, uh, this is from the Wall Street Journal, in the year 2010, just a few years ago, 4% of all adults under the age of 65 were providing some kind of adult care for parents, uh, people who are over 65 years of age. 
And they're saying that in the next few years, that number is going to double. We're going to see as much as 8% of everybody under 65 helping to take care of somebody in an older generation. Mm -hmm. More importantly, there's also a lot of money involved. It's estimated that uh, elderly people and their families spend at least $3 billion a year on their own home care solution. And that's not necessarily paying outside providers. That's just taking care of family members. And they spend about $36 billion a year on nursing homes and long-term care facilities. And these numbers are just growing. Mm -hmm. I have a statistic in the slideshow that I do at my seminars that talks about the fact that about 80-some percent of all elder uh, expenses on medical expenses are related to long-term care. Wow. It's over 80% for long-term care. And, you know, I notice the government has really never addressed this issue. They've looked at health care and other things, but never this issue, Ray and Tenny and Peter. I think I heard recently that in China they've now passed legislation requiring the younger generation to take care of the older generation. Really? Yes, it's it's a law. And if you don't, you can be prosecuted for not taking care of your your older members in your family. Well, wow. that's China. That's one extreme to the other. Well, <laughs> let me ask Tenny. Tenny, Tenny, have they done anything like that in any states here that you're familiar with? No, not that I'm familiar with. I've said for a long time that the uh, programs for medical care for the elderly are totally broke and need to be fixed. Um, it's a very difficult situation, but one that needs to be planned for and talked about. Mm-hmm. And so if you do planning ahead of time, again, you can avoid a lot of these problems or minimize some of them. And other, uh, go ahead, Pete. Unfortunately, in this country, that increasing number of people under 65 who are taking care of their uh, elderly parents, uh, it's probably done out of necessity, not because they actually want to, although I'm sure there's a percentage of that that want to. Uh, but there are cultures, you know, such as Japan, where they really honor mm-hmm. the elderly and, and the people who are older than you. And, and they they want to help out and provide for and have those, those people living with them. Um, and as you said at the beginning of the show with Nana, it, it was uh, a wonderful thing having her there and, and being able to spend time with her and share stories and hear about her, her life and honor her as they do in Japan. But I think in this country, the increasing number is more out of necessity. Interesting. We're not talking about nursing homes today. That's a whole separate subject by itself. And we've talked about that subject in the past. Today, we're going to talk mainly about people who live in the community. Two other very quick statistics, and then I'm going to get off the statistics. If you're 65 years of age or older, that whole population group one-third of the group that's 65 and older has functional limitations right now where they need help with eating or bathing or preparing meals. That's one, incredible. One-third of the population over age 65 that's huge. needs help. Yeah. And if you're fortunate enough to be in your mid-80s, two-thirds of that age group mm-hmm. need some kind of help. Right. Now, most of those people who are in that category, four out of five of older adults who fit that particular description, who need some help, are going to be living in the community, which means, for the most part, living with a family member or living in their own home. Mm -hmm. So again, we're not going to talk about nursing homes today. And so this is what we mean by the parent trap. You have an adult, older parent living with you in your home, or you're living in their home, perhaps helping to take care of them, 
or you're trying to provide services to them to let them stay in their own home. There's several really important things that we need to talk about. Uh, one, how do you go about hiring home care professionals or how do you become one yourself? Uh, two, uh, who's going to take care of the finances in the family? And let's make the assumption right off the bat that the older person really can't manage their finances any longer. So is it going to be you or is it going to be your sister or your brother handling the finances? Is there going to be compensation paid for the time to do that? Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about veterans. Um, we're going to talk about um, taxes. When can you take tax benefits? Can you claim somebody as a dependent on your income tax return? If you have a parent living with you in your house, and under some circumstances you can do that. And then lastly, of course, is when do you need to consider whether this person now should be in some kind of a long-term care facility, either assisted living? So it's a complex puzzle. There are no easy answers. And the first thing you have to do is you need to have a conversation with your parent. You need to be able to address the subject and talk about it. And we're going to get down a little list of topics right now, and we've got some information to talk about. You need to be able to sit down with your parent and discuss this frankly, openly, honestly, and it's time that we at least plan for some of these things. Right. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to uh, add to that and uh, ask what you were doing later today. I wanted to see if we could have a, a talk about a couple of things. <laughs> uh, next, next week, Peter, I'll be happy to talk to you about that. <laughs> But very importantly, what I often see... Smart ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Oop, did I say it's, it's impossible to be serious with these people. <laughs> What's that, Tenny? But, but importantly, what I see in my office is people who are not willing to be open with their children. It's been a tradition, I think, in this neck of the woods that you keep everything close to your chest. You don't right. tell anybody mm. how much you have in the bank, what you own... Uh, You really are stubborn about taking care of yourself. You have to give up on some of that. You have to ask for help. And it is a tough conversation. And actually, although Peter was joking about it, there have been times in the past when I have said to him, you know, Pete, we're not going to be here forever, and we need to talk about a few things. And he said, oh, we don't want to talk about that now. So he's actually doesn't like the thought of confronting my mortality. The reality of life. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. But my spirit will come back to haunt you after that last remark. God, it, it's already on its way. It's already haunting me. The spirit of Christmas <laughs> past. Even gone huh? yet. <laughs> anyway, although you may think this sounds strange, maybe it's holiday time and children are gathered in from different parts of the country. Tell the children, I mean, talk to your siblings ahead of time and say, look, let's sit down with mom or let's sit down with dad. Let's have a conversation while you're here. Um, we've right. got... An uncle uh, who lives up in Maine who's going to be 90 in September, and his children are now having that kind of a conversation. Sure. He's going to be moving out of the house that he's renting, and the question is, what's the best and safest place for him to be next? Mm -hmm. He doesn't need to be in a nursing home. Mm -hmm. But it is important to have the conversation. Most people want to remain independent. Most people want to stay in their own house. And so for some people, sure, you can stay in your own house, but let's have life alert. Let's make sure we have proper grab bars in the bathroom. The worst Mm -hmm. thing that people do when they get old is fall, and that puts them in the hospital with broken bones. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, so make sure the house is as safe as possible in terms of grab rails, handrails, safety features. Make sure, if at all possible, that the laundry system is on the main floor. Interesting. Um, and also take care about throw rugs. Oh, Those yes. are really difficult and mm-hmm. cause lots of broken bones. And get rid of the old conventional shower or bathtub and get something that is much easier to mm-hmm. enter. Yep, exactly. We actually have at the office uh, a bunch of tips. Uh, there's, there's actual... Um, sort of cardboard displays that talk about different things that you can do to uh, help eliminate any type of accidents, accidental falls or otherwise, uh, from removing, you know, a small corner table from a corner of a, of a angled stairway, or as my mother just said, the, the throw rugs. There's a lot of different things that you can do to try to eliminate, uh, you know, accidents that could could happen. And as my father just said, you know, a lot of accidents can lead to the nursing home, which just really quickly and further leads to somebody's uh, decline in health. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody just a, a simple fall can can lead to really the end. Unfortunately, right. right. One of the most people, one of the thing that people do the most and that's most important to them uh, is drive and drive their own automobile. Mm-hmm. And one of the most difficult conversations is telling somebody that they shouldn't be driving their car any longer. Sure. That's a tough now, some one. people are smart enough to understand that and accept it but i guess the real test of it is this would if you're not comfortable riding as a passenger with this person driving maybe they shouldn't be driving any longer i hope celeste is listening (laughs) (laughs) i was just gonna say something i was afraid you were gonna say that (laughs) but if if people seem unaware and they can't make proper decisions um I know in the past uh, we've had situations in which we've called the local police chief and said this person probably shouldn't be driving any longer. And they do have the ability to go in and take somebody's license away and make them go through a hearing or testing again. But that's a tough one. It is. Giving up the independence of driving is really a difficult one. But sometimes it has to be done. Mm -hmm. Um, Signs that a person might need assistance with daily living – um, how's their hygiene? How's their medical condition? Driving, we've already talked about. Are they providing proper food and nutrition for themselves, or do they need help with it? Are they depressed? Can they manage their checkbook still? Are they buying things on the television screen that they shouldn't? We've seen people who have become hoarders in buying multiple subscriptions to magazines. That's somebody who's out of control. So there are a lot of clear signs when somebody might need assistance. We all need to be watching out for that. We're gonna talk um, a little bit more about some specific financial issues and also some tax issues. Uh, There are some tax benefits that you can be entitled to if you're helping to take care of a parent. And uh, let's talk about those right after the break Mm -hmm. and we'll continue on the subject of uh, the parent trap and how to take care of your parent and what are some of the financial things you need to know if you are taking care of a parent? With a friendly reminder that this program, this quality program, is brought to you each and every Sunday at this time by our good friends, our protectors at USA Wealth Group, located well, right down the street from uh, the Vanity Fair outlets, USA Wealth Group on Fonts Corner Road. Don't go away. We'll be back in a moment.
Welcome back to Money Wise with the Money Guys and uh, our special friend, Phil Paleologus. Before we go any further, could I just ask if you could give out our phone number and tell us a little bit about what we do? I'm just trying to mix it up this week. <laughs> sure. Uh, we're from USA Wealth Group. We're located at 352 Fonts Corner Road. We show people how to protect their families and how to protect their money. That's our main mission and our main goal. And uh, We've helped loads and loads of people save lots and lots of money. And you can reach Peter or me at 508-998-8858. Come in for a free consultation. See how much better that sounded? Did it? Yeah. Well, you thanks. do a better job. Much more professional than me. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Peter. Well, we're talking this morning about the parent trap and some financial things that you ought to think about if you're caring for an older parent or you're thinking about doing that. And how, how can you do it in a cost-wise manner so that you don't go broke in the process? And Tenny uh, is with us this morning, Attorney Tenny Lance. Tenny, let's talk a little bit about using in-home care. If somebody wants to stay in their own house but they need services to come in, how does somebody go about finding a caregiver to come into the house? Well, um there's the old-fashioned method of uh, asking friends and, and neighbors and so forth if they feel comfortable with people. But there are uh, very uh, highly trained agency people who are out there that you could interview and um, discuss the needs of your parent and how they might be able to help out in your house. And we've talked to, to some of those agencies and professionals in the past, and if anybody would like a specific recommendation, again, just call our office and we'd be happy to make a referral and uh, set you up with one of these agencies. And uh, generally, I think they're talking about 20 to $24 an hour mm-hmm. to have somebody come in. And maybe it's not full time, maybe it's not all day, maybe it's a couple of hours a day to help take care of a parent. And there are services through such groups as Coastline Elderly, Bristol uh, Elders, and so forth, which you should investigate as an original um, place to go for information. There are also, of course, daycare agencies for elderly people that can also be investigated. Um, What you probably may not know, but as Ray alluded to just a moment ago, that home care usually costs about as much, if not more, than nursing home care. Mm -hmm. So you really need to be prepared for a big financial hit. Especially if you needed round-the-clock care, uh, that's going to be much more than the cost of a nursing home, for example. Interesting. Hmm. And sometimes uh, children will take turns helping a parent in shifts. Right. And so they work out their own informal schedule because they don't have the money or want to drain all the parents' resources for, Hmm. for care. But it has to be addressed. And as we said earlier, you have to start out by having legal documents so that the parent can decide who's the person they want to make medical decisions, who's the person they want to handle their finances. And parents know. They know which child is good with money and which child is not good with money. They're very wise about those things. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not looking at you, Peter. 
Peter has a guilty conscience or something. <laughs> there is an, uh, an interesting um, set of laws and regulations that we might want to talk about at this point. There is allowed under the Federal Deficit Reduction Act of 2006 uh, something called a caregiver contract, which could be entered into between a parent and a child for a child to be giving care to the parent. That's allowed under federal law. MassHealth or Medicaid has challenged a lot of these contracts, and one was challenged fairly recently and went to a court decision. And this, this is the gist of that decision. The uh, child had paid herself with an agreement with the parent at a certain rate of money, and MassHealth declined the contract and said that was an illegal transfer of uh, monies to the child. So when it went to court, what the court ended up saying was that, well, this child did legitimately give services and it was a sacrifice for the child to do that and that the child should be paid. But the court decided on its own that the rate of pay should be about 17 to $18 an hour hmm. because it was non-trained um, specialty care. And so if you are going to enter into any kind of an agreement with your kids for home care, be careful about the charge rates. Be very careful about making sure that they um, keep a ledger of all their mm -hmm. time spent, all those formalities. Well, that's really interesting, Tenny. I hadn't heard of that before. So this is new information for me, and I'm glad you're here to share that. What it also says to me is that if you're going to be a caregiver and you're related to the person, that you ought to have some kind of a written agreement. Is that accurate? If you are going to, if the parent is going to give the child monies for care, there definitely should be an agreement. Now, from the child's perspective, that means that that money earned is money that needs to be reported as income on their income tax. Okay. But at least it's a way to legitimately, I guess, spend down some of the parent's assets while providing care for them and then giving them the most important thing they want of all, which is the ability to stay in their own house for a while. I mean, nobody wants to leave their home unless no. they really have to. Mm -hmm. Everybody fights that decision. Well, this is maybe somewhat of a related topic. Um, it's not exactly what we're talking about, but how do we protect elderly people against uh, fraud or elder financial abuse? Because I guess those, those could be closely related too, couldn't they? Um, you know, we have seen situations in the past when children have just gone in to help themselves to the money, and that's not right either. And um, I'm not sure how many situations you've seen that in before, Jenny, or whether you have. Well, yes, I have. I can't really talk about them, but um, there needs to be a trust relationship between the parent and the person that they are choosing as their caregiver or property manager or whatever. Um, if there are other children that they don't trust as much, perhaps they won't share the information. They wouldn't name those other children as agents under a power of attorney or uh, okay. any of the other documents. What if one child is being really controlling? They have the checkbook, they have the finances, and they're not sharing that information with their siblings. And so the other brothers and sisters are concerned that maybe they're not handling the money correctly. Um, 
what kind of recourse does somebody have to make sure that mom or dad are not being swindled out of the money, for example? It's very difficult to do that um, as the situation evolves because the, um, the siblings don't really have any right to information about their parents uh, and the other person controls the books. Um, so but it's a, difficult, but if you do suspect that, you may want to talk with um, some kind of counseling agency, Bristol Elders or Coastline Elderly, to get some advice from them. And um, I guess even in a worst-case scenario, you could file a complaint with the police department or maybe even the district attorney. But you'd have to have some information before you could do that, I would assume. Yes. Uh, in general, the police, um, I believe, would not pursue that kind of complaint because it's an interfamily situation. It's almost like a domestic relations case where unless they see something, um, it's hard to intervene, perhaps. Right. Well, um, I, I guess if you had, if a, one sibling had access to a parent's mail and could look at their bank statements or something of that nature, that might tip them off if there was something improper going on. But in general, it is a difficult area, as you've mentioned. It's just something to be aware of. Let's talk about taxes for a minute. Because if you're helping to take care of a parent, um, you know, one question that pops up is, can you claim the parent as a dependent on mm -hmm. your income tax sure. return? And the answer is, under certain circumstances, you can do that. And people might not know it. But it would be no different than having a child on your tax return. Um, it's not a qualifying child test. It's a little bit different. Um, there is a test that they have to be a member of the household, so they have to be physically living with you. And there's an income test and there's a support test. Are you providing more than 50% of the support for this person? And um, if you, the rules are very specific, but if you can meet these requirements, then you can claim that parent as a dependent on your income tax return. And at least it's going to help defray some of the cost of the parent living with you. Um, medical deductions um, are a little trickier because there are underlying minimum percentages that you have to exceed in the first place. But the important thing to tell you about taxes is that get some professional tax advice and if you have somebody prepare your income taxes, don't wait until the end of the year. Wait, do it at the beginning of the year for planning purposes and find out can I claim my parent who's living with me and I'm helping support as a dependent? Does your office offer that kind of advice? We can provide planning advice and planning concepts, absolutely. We don't do the tax returns right. themselves, but mm -hmm. we'd be happy to do that and give some very specific information. You know, I want to mention, too, um, before we go any further, that Tenny has a lot of publications in the, uh, the law firm that uh, she can provide. And why don't you mention just a couple of those, Tenny? Well, one is uh, a brochure that simply describes what an elder law attorney does and how they might be of help to you, um, including what the Mass Health eligibility rules might be, uh, what about making gifts, those other kinds of topics. So you could request that. We'd be happy to send that to you. Um, our phone number, by the way, is 508-998-8800. We have other um, brochures about um, why people should do estate planning, uh, what every senior should know about probate, um, what everybody fears, I think, is probate. 
um, and even um, the fact that you have the right to determine who's going to take care of your affairs, uh, your life, your final say is the name of another brochure. So if somebody wanted to have one of these reports, I assume that there's no charge for these reports? No, no charge. We'd be happy to send them. Just call up and uh, tell the receptionist that that's what you're calling about. What kind of a topic you're interested in. And um, what about last wishes and things of that nature? Do you have information on that to provide people to? Yes. As we have said before, we belong to a group called the American Academy of Estate Planning Attorneys. And they are very good about producing um, these brochures that help people to better understand various aspects of estate and elder law planning. Another one is called Creating a Lasting Legacy. The best things in life aren't things. <laughs> That's often hard for people to realize and, and accept, but it's true. I, I had clients in my office once where the mother and daughter argued for probably an hour and a half about who was going to get the yellow chair in the living room. And I think, my goodness, there must be other things that you two could be sharing with each other. Right. One of the other tax things, I'd like to come back to taxes for just a minute, is sometimes somebody has to make improvements to the house which might qualify as a medical expense. Like if you aren't mobile and you have to do a walk-in shower, mm -hmm. And it costs three or four thousand, five thousand dollars to do a walk-in shower. Under certain circumstances, some of those kinds of home improvements can be deducted as well. There's a basic seven and a half percent minimum test, and you have to have uh, expenses that exceed that seven and a half percent of your adjusted gross income. But if you meet that test, then you might, if you put in an elevator or a walk-in shower or handicap ramps on the outside. And some of those things might be deducted. This would be mostly for a person who's staying in their own home. Well, as <clears throat> as uh, we're discussing today, I mean, you know, the most important aspect of this entire conversation is making sure that uh, things are going to be uh, set up properly for how you would like to uh, live out the remainder of your life. Uh, whether it's at your home, whether it's at a nursing home, whether it's with your children, um, or if you are a child, how you're mother or father would best like to live out the remaining years of their life. Um, that's number one. But number two is, as my mother just said, is is trying to plan things ahead of time so you don't have people fighting over a yellow chair um, and to really have things set up properly so everything is spelled out exactly the way that you wish it and that uh, you know certain things go to those people who you want them to go to. So you don't have any uh, children fighting or bickering over, um, you know, a, a yellow chair. I mean, that's that's pretty basic. I've come to call property stuff because whether it's personal property, jewelry or so forth, or furniture or a car or even real property, it's your stuff, but it's not anything you're going to be able to take with you, and it really should not be the primary uh, topic of interest between you and your children. Right. The children um, need to be caring about you and you need to think about what is best for everyone. I, I hope myself, for example, that I don't get to be a crabby old lady of 105. Who, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> who, who just wants to have her own way all the time. 
people have to understand that compromises are often necessary. Mm-hmm. No matter how old you are, Phil. <laughs> True. Understood. <laughs> you know, one of the most difficult things that people face often is somebody who has dementia or Alzheimer's. Yeah. And frankly, most children are really very good-spirited, and they don't want to see their parent going into a nursing home or don't want to see all their resources drained. So advanced planning is very important to protect the finances and um, recognize that somebody with Alzheimer's or dementia, for example, typically has a long life expectancy after the time period that they're first diagnosed. And so you could be looking at eight or 10 years even of having to be a caregiver. And sometimes for the child who's helping to take care of the parent, that means no vacations. Mm-hmm. It means you know 24-hour access. Often the caregiver person is going to need respite care, which means I need a break. And and you want to have resources that somebody can come in and and help you go on vacation, for example, and somebody else will watch your parent while you're doing that. But um, caregiving will affect your job. You need to recognize that. It's going to be um, a factor of stress in your life. It's going to affect your family relationships with other members of your family. And although it's important for everyone to try to keep their parent living with them or living at home, uh, it's very difficult and it's very expensive. Uh, For somebody who's living in your house with you, if you have an older parent living with you, it's estimated that the cost of that can range anywhere from $16,000 to $70,000 a year. Wow. You think of utilities and food and transportation and everything else that's involved. So... Again, the counsel is to make sure we have proper documents ahead of time. Think about these issues before it's uh, too late to do them. And, um, Tenny, did you want to say anything else about Alzheimer's? You don't have to. And then I want to talk to you about another topic in just a moment. Well, Alzheimer's obviously is a very, very difficult subject because people's personalities change. And the children don't always want to recognize that or accept it. Um, Alzheimer people can get very angry and very bitter and nasty. I will always remember my mother, who was in a nursing home for seven years with dementia, um, was brought by my brother a birthday cake for her birthday. And we were all there to celebrate. And she said, I don't know why you're here with that. Get out of here with that cake. And my brother was just furious with her. And you had to realize it wasn't her acting or speaking. Right. It was the disease. Mm-hmm. Yep, a very different person. Tenny, let's talk for a couple of minutes about uh, Medicare cost-saving tips. And we do need to think about the fact that when you're 65, uh, originally you need to sign up for Medicare in the first place. But we need to think about having Part D coverage for drugs and prescriptions Um, You need to look at those bills very carefully when they come in and don't delay signing up for Medicare and make sure you sign up for Part B as well as Part D, the prescription drugs. Absolutely. Ray and Peter spend a lot of time talking about varying advice for Social Security start dates, but do not delay the start of Medicare for yourself because it will cost you a penalty later. Um, and you want to get some sort of a supplemental program that can help pay for the doctors, the hospitals, the prescriptions, and so forth. Medicare does not cover all of that. 
it's very important that you look into the coverage that you have, make sure it is the best for the type of situation that you're in. And uh, Part D, let's talk for a minute about, about Part D. Uh, Part D is for prescription drugs, and I've actually had people in the office saying they didn't sign up for Part D because they couldn't afford that piece of it. Well, that's your prescription drugs, and sure. if you don't have that and you have to pay full cost for prescription drugs, it can be very, very expensive. So we've often talked to people about finding some other sources of income. Sometimes it might even be a reverse mortgage, as an example. Right. And to do it for the ability to have enough money to pay for full Medicare coverage, Part A, Part B, and Part D for the prescription drugs. And for the plan, uh, the Part D, you can actually change that once a year, and you should really pay close attention to the plan that you're currently in uh, versus what else might be out there to make sure that it's the best uh, Part D coverage that you can get, uh, depending on the medications that you're taking. And I hope everyone remembers that um, each Council on Aging has what is called a shine counselor available, and they are wonderful people who keep up to date on all the Medicare supplemental plans and can give you best advice as to which one suits your situation. That's a very good hint. That's a very good tip. Jenny, let's talk about Medicare in the context of some of the kinds of things that pays for, doesn't pay for, and let's talk about what if somebody cannot stay at home any longer and has to go to a nursing home. What does Medicare cover at that point compared the to Medicaid? The answer is it depends. Um, if someone is, uh, has fallen or is ill and needs to go into a hospital, Medicare will cover if you are admitted to the hospital for three nights. And then if you are transferred to a minimum of three nights. And then if you are transferred to a nursing facility for rehab, then Medicare will cover up to 100 days. There are some caveats to that that we've talked about recently. One is that with Medicare putting pressure on hospitals to cut down on costs, sometimes people are being sent to hospitals and not admitted but put on observation status. That means they're liable to pay for themselves. And then if they get transferred from the hospital under observation to a rehab facility, they are obligated to pay that privately. So be very careful about your status if you are admitted to a or if you are brought to a hospital. So a couple of quick tips on Medicare. Uh, number one, make sure you sign up when you're 65. Number two, don't delay signing up for Medicare Part B. Uh, that's very, very important. That's hospital and doctor care. Make sure that you look at Part D, as in David or Doug, uh, which is the prescription drug benefit. And you can change that once a year. Yep. And don't confuse Medicare and Medicare Advantage. Um, we have questions all the time about the subject of Medicare and when should I sign up and what does it cost and what if I do this? It's a complicated area. It's as complicated as Social Security. It is. Medicare is very complicated and some people might, you know, be uh, uh, confused and think that Medicare covers, you know, 100% of uh, all medical care and that's just simply not true. Uh, there are premiums involved for almost every, you know, doctor's visit or uh, type of uh, medical care. 
and there are certain things that Medicare does not cover that people might be surprised to find out. Uh, it may cover the cost of an eye exam, for for example, or some other exams, but it may not, uh, depending on the plan that you have. And it will not cover such things as eyeglasses, hearing aids, dentures, and a lot of other things. And so just as importantly, if you are a child that maybe hasn't even had to think about Medicare for yourself, but your parent is already on Medicare, and now you're a caregiver for your older parent, you need to know the Medicare rules because you need to evaluate every year whether you should change from one company to another. So there are many, many jobs if you are a caregiver child helping to take care of an older parent. Make sure you're getting proper tax advice. Make sure you know which deductions you can take or not. Can you claim your older parent as a dependent, which has a huge financial benefit for you? Are there outside services that you can get that are free? Uh, there are many, many features of this. And uh, Make certain that if you are going to be a caregiver that you have the documents in place necessary to allow you to do that, particularly the durable power of attorney for property and health care documents so that you can properly be, um, be accessed by either banks or doctors or whoever. Uh, they won't talk to you otherwise. They will only talk to the senior. And lastly and finally, I just want to mention that if the uh, parent that you're helping to take care of is a veteran, make sure you get some information and advice from somebody like Attorney Tenny Lance. She's a certified veterans uh, specialist. She cannot charge any compensation for that, but she can give you information about how to do that. And I'd like to say a big thank you, Tenny, for uh, being with us this morning. You bet. This whole area is a tough topic. We all want to remain independent. It's really important to plan ahead of time. If you're going to be taking care of a parent, make sure they have proper documents ahead of time and get some advice because it's, it's a costly, lengthy process as we're all living longer. And Peter, please, go ahead. I was going to say, and please be charitable and loving and kind as much as possible. These folks generally really need your help. Peter, tell, how does somebody reach you? Anybody can give us a call, uh, and we'll be happy to speak with you as always, either over the phone or in person. Uh, we don't charge to do uh, this. We really do enjoy helping people. And our number to give us a call and speak with us is 508-998-8858. And the parting thought, Phil, is at some point in time, hopefully, you and I and everybody listening is going to be older and older and older. And everything that we're talking about today is going to apply to everybody who's listening, regardless of your age. So as you're helping somebody who's your own parent, just remember that it might be you in the same position someday later in life. You bet. That's right. And uh, other than that, have a great Sunday, and we look forward to talking with you again on the radio.